Cultivate Simple, episode 67. Good morning and goodbye. I'd rather be a farmer I'd rather work the land I'd rather see the mountainsides I'd rather see your hand I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend Welcome to Cultivate Simple, an honest and unrehearsed discussion about trying to live a tastier, more caffeinated life. Mm. Um, mm, coffee. If only we had a cup of decaf to drink. I know. I record this. I actually had some decaf from the Olympics. Oh, yeah. When we had our Olympics party, we had some decaf coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, I should have made some. We don't usually keep decaf on hand because we don't usually drink coffee. Well, we're more hot chocolate. Yeah, in the the evenings, hot chocolate or tea or we like warm milk too, Mm -hmm. steeped with cinnamon and vanilla instead of brewing up coffee. Seems to help you sleep better. Mm -hmm. The warm milk, Mm -hmm. where coffee's more of a wake you up in the morning kind of a good morning. It it signifies morning here. It's like a psychological thing, I think sometimes. To smell it and mm-hmm. hold your mug and yeah. Yep. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about coffee. Coffee's one of our uh, one of our few vices. It's, yeah, it's one not of not a vice. Well, it's something that we it, it all we depends. We enjoy and we spend money on exactly, which kind although of kind of we don't makes it a vice in a way, sort of. Yeah, we spend more money on it than the average person. But it's one of the things that we, um, I don't know, we don't drink as much as the average person, though. That's true. So we probably spend less now. We spend more on, um, things to implement our hobby. Right. <laughs> more so than the supplies and that kind of thing. I guess maybe vice is the wrong word, but we do. It's just something we enjoy. Right. And we, and we it, it's go almost to like great a hobby to yeah. make it as good as we can. To some people, it's just something that they do to get their day going. To yeah. us, it's that, but it's more. It's right. it's definitely an enjoyment thing. It's kind of like food. I mean, what's the point of making good food unless you're, or what's the point of eating? Eating if you're <laughs> not going to make good food. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. Um, and you know what's the what's the point of drinking coffee? I mean, obviously you get a little bit of caffeine and mm-hmm. you know uh, wake up. I don't want to say energy because it's not really energy, but uh, wakes you up in the morning. But you know, we it's just one of those things. We're, we're just kind of beating around the bush, but we're, I guess trying to make excuses. No, it's for, like no, it's not. Uh, that's the thing is, coffee has this weird. Like people think it's bad yeah. that you drink coffee, but it really isn't. I mean, there are lots of studies, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, talking about the health benefits of drinking coffee. I think it has a bad rap because people have a tendency to overdo it. Right. It's like anything. Exactly. Too you much know. of a good thing isn't good for you. Right. You know, you can eat too many apples or drink too much cider. Yeah. I'm sure there's been somebody that's done that that's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or too much anything. I mean, yeah. too much. Everything in moderation is right. is you know. 
and there are good, good and bad and okay. of everything like anything else you know mm-hmm. there's i'm sure some of the coffee you buy in the store probably isn't that good for you because it's a sub quality product mm-hmm. so it's not as healthy as it could be well and it's like the uh there was a guy i used to work with who basically would make a pot or a pot and a half of coffee a day and that was all he would drink mm-hmm. all day long i mean obviously that's not good yeah. um because coffee is a, a diuretic and it you know basically really loose why is it as soon as we start recording the podcast it's like she has to run around the house come in here and walk around and jingler caller she can be so, cameo. She can be so quiet when she wants to sneak out and eat chicken, chicken Cat bones. Food, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. We kind of hemmed and hot around there at the beginning, but uh, it's it's a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, and it's kind of funny because people, when you start talking about coffee, and especially when you start talking about coffee on the level that we talk about it and enjoy it and the steps that we go through in order to make sure we have the best coffee uh we can um people start to kind of roll their eyes and oh geez you know oh, I, i'm sure it's so good you know <laughs> you guys are oh, whatever um but it's also funny because uh then some people come over and they try our coffee mm-hmm. or they implement suggestions that that we make to them about coffee and next thing you know they're like hey you're right. That coffee is a lot better. So, yeah. so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Uh, but first, what's for dinner? <laughs> we actually took a little pause in there because we figured maybe Lucy was walking around because she needed to go outside. Sometimes that's her signal that she needs to go right. out. We used to have a bell for her. We had bell trained her um, in Ohio that whenever she needed to go outside that she would go by the back door and ring a little bell that we had hanging by the mm-hmm. door, which really actually worked out well. Um, yeah. It's, uh, there were times that she abused it. When she was a puppy, she would until yeah. she... But we knew, knew. Yeah. yeah, we knew that, you know, kind of her schedule of when she needed to go outside. And so when she would abuse it, we would tell her no. And then she finally figured out that what it was for, you know, it was for mm-hmm. actually going outside to go to the restroom. So she... Uh, uh, yeah, we used to bell train her, but now we we don't have a bell, but we pretty much know. Um, but she's she's just acting strangely tonight, walking around and just causing general chaos. It's probably because we're not paying attention to her. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, what is for dinner, or what was for dinner? Uh, we had pork and poblano soup. Oh. Pulled it out of the freezer. So, Which I think we had talked about that a couple of weeks ago, I actually, so because... Because I made up a big pot for our uh, opening ceremonies Olympic party, and Mm -hmm. then I froze it in meal-sized container. So whenever I am doing something else, and or if it's a kind of an evening you think you want soup on, I just pull it out in mid-afternoon and set it on the counter. So and tonight's a good night for soup because we're getting back into the cold temperatures. Yeah, and I picked up some fresh cilantro at the market at the co-op when we were there on. Um, Friday, which the soup is really good with a lot of fresh cilantro thrown on top. So, mm-hmm. but now that I've maybe fancy grow light, I should be able to grow my own cilantro in the winter. That's so right. That's kind of exciting. If you haven't seen the fancy grow light, you did a blog post yep. about that, didn't you? Yep. Yep. So you can see that on the blog. Uh, we got a 
nice big grow light that Tara lays on the outskirts of the light. So we're hoping <laughs> to grow up a, a big dog. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll report back on that. Or she'll just turn green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes everything a, a green. Weird. Yeah. Like green, green purple. Color. Yeah the, yeah. the light that it casts since it's. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny. You go down there and she's sort of glowing uh, a green color. Um, what else do we have tonight? Did we have any questions from last week? I don't think so. I think all the questions from last week you had answered on the the podcast right. last week about chickens. Uh, somebody asked about your chicken mix that you mix up for your feed. And right. you pointed out that we did have a a whole podcast on right. that, uh, the Fermenting for the Flock podcast, which is a, a good one to go listen to. In fact, you were talking to, um, uh, we went out to dinner last night and with uh, some friends, and um, you were talking to them about your chicken feed, because mm-hmm. they were saying that everybody they know that has chickens, you know, the chickens have stopped laying throughout yep. the winter, right. um, and yours have kept on. And we've, we've discussed that in other podcasts, too, about... Right. Um, how we think that that is definitely because they took them because some of the eggs feed. and they were like, "Oh, your chickens aren't on strike like everybody else's chickens." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and no, they're putting out other people's chickens are starting to lay again, um, mm-hmm. and ours are starting to really ramp up more. I was still getting eight to ten a day, even when nobody else's were laying, but now it's twelve or fourteen a day. Mm-hmm. So, and I still have—I don't know—some of the ones that are molting are still laying, which is surprising, but. Because I think all of our golden comets are molting right now. Yeah. So, but, I don't know. I've been feeding him some sausage. We had a, did I talk, did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so. I don't know if we talked we about the oops sausage. We had a batch of oops sausage, um, which was accidentally double spiced. And it was double spiced with two different kinds of spices that wouldn't really go together. No. So one was like a sweet Christmas sausage with ginger and cinnamon, you know, and that kind of nutmeg. And then it was also sage breakfast sausage. So it just... We decided that might not be a... Uh, we have so much other sausage yeah. to eat, we figured it wasn't. <laughs> so I've been cooking it up and giving it to the chickens, and they think it's the greatest thing ever. Having having fights over it. And, yep. Yeah. They like the oops sausage. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess we can just jump right into the topic for the evening then, because I don't think we really have uh, any other... I don't really have a geeky corner tonight. Um, I have. You weren't very geeky this I have week. dispensed all my geekery. Um, no, I. You know, lately, work has just been normal stuff. <laughs> just trying to. I don't want to get too geeky. I mean, yeah. you know, because this week I'm trying to figure out how to do CSS3 media queries in order to uh, change the style of sites for mobile devices. Because it used to be in the old days that you would make a mobile site and a normal site or a desktop site. But now there are so many different mobile Mobile devices. devices. So there's, you know, iPads and there's iPad Airs and there's iPad Minis and there's uh, all of the Google devices. and And then there's all of the phones and there's about, you know, a hundred of those and they all have different screen resolutions. So you just basically build a different style or a a modified style for um, 
different size devices. So that's what I was figuring out this week. It's the first, I kind of waited for everything to sort of settle down in that space because it was, for a while, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there were a lot of different ways to do it and there wasn't a one good way. Um, They all kind of had their good and their bad. And so finally the, um, it's sort of settled down into this responsive adaptive design. And so I've been trying to figure out breakpoints this week. And mm-hmm. it's still kind of weird, though, because you almost have to design a site three different times, you know, mm-hmm. for for the different device breakpoints. But anyway, I don't want to get too mm-hmm. geeky. Um, and then, yeah, because we went over to, on Friday to Matt and BJ's to uh, play a little Settlers of Catan, mm-hmm. my favorite board game. And Matt and I were talking about why the iPad renders at 768 pixels, no matter what orientation you have it in, because you can flip the, oh, it's just crazy. <laughs> Web design is crazy right now. There's just so much going on. Um, so yeah, don't want to get too, too geeky, too geeky and bore people out of their minds. Although if anybody would like to talk about that, give me a call. <laughs> give me a call sometime. We can chat about web design and uh, the frustrations behind it. Um, speaking of which, we really need to redesign your blog, but that's a topic for another day. Um, we've actually been redesigning it for several it's years now. Happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Pretty it's, certain that's never going to happen. I need the uh, donor contribution database Yeah, first. So. That's true. Um, so let's jump into the topic then, because pretty soon here I'm going to need a cup of coffee. Mmm, coffee. So let's talk about what kind of coffee we drink. Our preferred liquid. (laughs) (laughs) Our preferred way of preparing the coffee bean Mm -hmm. to partake of in the morning. The bean or the... Like, just how you would explain your cup of coffee to someone. You know, because people, some, uh, most people drink brewed coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, all coffee is brewed, but... Uh, drip coffee. Drip coffee. Yeah. yeah. Typical standard Mr. Coffee. Mr. coffee with the... The white or black. Yes. Um, yeah, we drink uh, espresso, and we have tried many, many different kinds of brewing techniques or uh i guess you could call those techniques um methods yeah obviously when we first got married you know we start out like all couples do with the four cup mr coffee coffee maker and i would Uh, make it in the morning yeah i was always the coffee maker yeah when we first met i didn't drink coffee i know Um, gasp (laughs) i'm not sure how that even worked out and yeah i know i'm surprised that that you even gave me a second thought um because I've but, been drinking coffee since I was in the womb. I mean, you know, my parents were in Colombia. And down in South America, it's not... Here in the States, there's kind of a negative... Negativeness around pregnant women drinking coffee or kids drinking coffee, that kind of thing. But it's not like that in Colombia. I mean, everybody drinks coffee all the time. Kids drink coffee. They drink a different kind of coffee. So they most of the time, there's this cafe con leche, which is, you know, coffee with milk. Mm-hmm. A lot of milk in it and... That's what was one of my favorites when I was a kid. I mean, I've been drinking coffee. I started when I was conceived and haven't stopped. <laughs> we, uh, after the Mr. Coffee Coffee Maker, I was trying to think, I think we got our French press after that, didn't we? Oh, uh, no, we got our French press for our wedding. Oh, that's right. 
but I had a Mr. Coffee machine in my cuff in my dorm room. Yeah, for college. <laughs> um, so we had a French press for a while, which I actually enjoy French press. Um, it's, but it didn't last very long. The machine? Yeah, her yeah. French press broke after like four months. Yeah. Well, you know, we did use it every morning. Yeah. Um, but still, but, four months. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't mind getting one another day. The good thing about French press machines is that they they are inexpensive um you have to be careful of the quality obviously uh with our story there but ours lasting only four months um so you do want to get a good quality one but uh the good thing about french press is that it allows a lot more of the flavor and a lot more of the coffee oils to um for you to get that into your cup rather than something like a drip machine which the paper filter um filters or the the filter keeps a lot of the oils um, from the coffee in the filter itself. You know, it, it prevents it from coming mm-hmm. into your cup. Um, so a French press isn't bad. I like it, um, and it's pretty easy too. Uh, it's you know you with a French press. I don't if you haven't used one before. You put the grounds um, into the carafe Mm -hmm. and then you pour uh water over top of that and then there's a plunger so you let that sit and you know just kind of yeah brew for a while and then you press the plunger down and uh you're good to go um the uh the next coffee maker we had i think we got our cheap little espresso machine after that didn't we that yes, old, like old, old yeah. espresso machine. Like when I believe we it bought, cheap, got it from Target. A, no, we ordered it from a place. It oh, wasn't a Target one. No, um, it was a decent, cheap one. So it wasn't like the fifty dollar, fifty dollar ones you get at Target. Yeah, but but it was still it was a it was a cheaper a one. Good introductory machine, right? And the the different levels and the different prices in espresso machines, um, really. Uh, you do reach kind of a breaking point. Um, and there's the homeowner machine and then kind of a uh, homeowner enthusiast machine. <laughs> and there's a big price difference between those two. You're mm-hmm. talking anywhere. The homeowner machines nowadays for a decent one, you'd probably pay, say, three to $500 mm-hmm. um, for a good, you know, really good quality uh enthusiast machine you're probably going to pay anywhere from 1500 to 2000 dollars um and then you can go up from there i mean Mm -hmm. you can pay as much as you want uh the the ones in if you go have a little coffee shop that you go to uh typically those run anywhere from 10 to 20 thousand dollars um the really the differences in those price brackets i'm not going to focus on the uh the super high-end ones for for coffee uh, houses, hmm. but uh, the difference between kind of a, a, a cheaper one, sort of a homeowner model, and a uh, enthusiast model is uh, really the the pump or the uh, the pressure that can be put into the espresso. Um, obviously, the the better that is, and the more consistent it is, the more uh, consistent results you're going to have. And really that's, that's what you're paying for when you're paying for the the better machine is Mm -hmm. that every time you, uh, 
pull a shot of espresso, you're going to get the same results. Um, with the lower end machines, it's a, there's a lot more variables, um, including the water temperature. Uh, with the higher end machines, you get a uh, a device called a PID that can actually control the water temperature to a degree, um, where in the less expensive machines, it's just kind of variable. And as you're pulling a shot of espresso, the temperature can vary uh, by as much as 20 to 30 degrees uh, because it doesn't have a very large tank where it's heating the water and it doesn't have that computer-controlled uh, temperature control. So it's not controlling the, the temperature of the water. With a higher-end machine, you're going to get consistent water temp. You're going to get consistent pressure um, and more pressure mm -hmm. because the, the pump or the rotary driven, depending on what kind you get, um, is going to be more consistent. And it's just going to provide more consistent results and better results. Um, we had, we've had three different espresso machines. Um, the first one was that the, the $150 sort of inexpensive, uh, one there that, um, it, it, I mean, it did all right. It was a good introductory good, machine. Yeah. And we it, liked the coffee. And the good thing was it was a good, introductory machine to see the difference between espresso and other types of coffee. Yeah. Um, with espresso, you're dealing with two things. You're dealing with, um, well, the, the big thing that makes it different uh, from all other types is the pressure. You're actually forcing the water mm -hmm. uh, through the coffee and the coffee is under pressure and therefore it really just extracts all of the flavor and all of the oils and puts that into your cup. The other thing that's different about it is in the same way sort of as a French press or um, a Chemex, uh, the, there's, uh, there's not a paper filter. There's no um, barrier to hold those oils, and which is all that flavor um, back from your cup. So all of that goes into your cup. Um, so yeah, espresso is great, and that's our that's our preferred method. And then uh, about four years ago, I suppose we bought a Chemex, which um, is kind of a good balance between mm -hmm. um, a drip and a French press, um, depending again on the the type of filter you have. Because with Chemex, you can do paper filters, yeah. um, or we bought a, a stainless steel filter from. A company out in Oregon. Right. Uh, we were actually going out there on vacation, and so we stopped in at the place and told him, "Yeah, we drove all the way from Ohio to get this thing." <laughs> and he said, "You." He. It was funny because he looked at me really strangely. Said, "You do know we ship these, right?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm just kidding. We we're just, you know, happen happened to, to be, be in Oregon. out here, and so we decided to to come by to get one because we wanted to get so one." It was about afternoon coffee time, so it made yeah. it convenient. It was in Portland. Yep. We were driving from Seattle down to the coast of Oregon to camp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with, with the, with the Chemex, the Chemex is, like I said, it's, it's very similar to the same concept as the French press. Um, takes a little bit more work and the easiest way to describe a Chemex, well, the easiest way would be for you to Google it and see a picture of it, but it kind of looks like a, um, 
like a, a chemistry beaker with a, a funnel, a glass funnel on top. Um, so you, you put a filter into that glass funnel on top, and then you put your coffee into the filter, obviously, and then you uh, pour water over top. And the best way to do that is to pour a little bit of water and let that sit for 20 seconds or so, um, because the, the, the grounds will... Um, absorb that water and they'll expand and create uh, a better seal. And then you just slowly pour your hot water over top of the coffee and let it filter through. Um, and then, like I said, with the with that stainless steel filter we have, because it's perforated, it allows uh, more of the flavors to come through as opposed to um, the, the paper filters that are used in those. So uh, I would recommend a Chemex... Uh, Above anything else, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, um, because I think they're what? They're like 30 bucks. 30 bucks, yeah. And, and my favorite thing about the Chemex is there's no plastic yeah. um, involved, so you don't have to worry about the whole uh, hot water, acidic um, foodstuffs coming in contact with plastic, which is when you get the leaching of the chemicals and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing something like coffee, which you're drinking every day or twice a day, you know, even small amounts of chemicals can add up. Yep. So that's why we like the Chemex a lot. And I mean, it was designed by a Chemex to brew or a chemist to brew a good cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and the filters. I mean, the stainless steel filter is incredibly convenient. We use the Chemex mostly when we're traveling, uh, but the paper filters really do produce a better cup of coffee. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, they were specifically designed so that the coffee takes longer to seep through Mm -hmm. unlike a normal drip machine. So you get a more full bodied uh, flavor. Mm -hmm. I always feel like drip drip coffee is really weak to me. Compared to even a Chemex, you know, I can, I can handle that coffee. You know, I prefer espresso because I just feel like there's a lot of flavor, but yeah. And that's, I guess, to come back to why, or your original inquiry of what, what do we do? Um, Through trying all these different methods, we have definitely found that espresso for us is the best because it really, I feel like it provides so much more flavor and so a greater range of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, when I drink drip coffee now, I feel like it has kind of one layer. Yeah, it feels um, very... Um, it's, like, it's like food that doesn't have any spice. Yeah. You just get the flavor of that one thing. It's like very monochromatic to me when yeah. I drink a cup of brewed coffee. But I think that also has to do with the 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 type of coffee that you appreciate, mm-hmm. because I think that, um, and that's where figuring out what you like in particular can help you decide what kind of brewing might be more suited to your tastes. Mm-hmm. Because I think that kind of brewing is more suited to someone like my mom's who likes a really light. Uh, kind of a bright coffee, and I really can't handle the bright acidity. Of some coffees, I prefer like the dark, you know, roasted, almost burnt kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my toast on the burnt side. That's just how I appreciate those super dark, deep flavors. And that's why, I mean, espresso just kind of goes along with that, which is why I particularly like it. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, it depends on espresso is not for everybody. You know, my mom is a light coffee kind of a person yeah um so i think figuring out what you trying to figure out what you like will help you figure out what the best method is for you Mm -hmm. 
And that will also come into play a little bit later when we talk about beans. But first, um, Susie did some some quick research, which we knew a lot of these things. Um, but uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the some of the health benefits of coffee? Health, yeah, um, Let's not just say that we're doing it just for pleasure. Of course, we're doing it for our health. Right, of course. Well. <laughs> but it's, I mean, coffee gets a bad rap, kind of. You know, people see it as this horrible thing to drink. And, you know, it's like a lot of things. I mean, things become bad there's some interesting history on smoking back when it wasn't the mass-produced cigarettes of the day um that's really some fascinating reading if anyone wants to google particularly smoking during smoking by doctors during the plagues in england um you know i think that a lot of times the it's like anything mass production has a tendency to infuse products with unnecessary things that make it not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes maybe the bad rap that coffee gets is being so incredibly terrible. You know, I mean, it's one of those things and you could tell like when you meet, sometimes you meet people who don't drink coffee for health reasons. You're just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> um, great. But you know, it does, it has this weird, thing that i think a lot of people do think it's horrible to be drinking um and it's real it's really it can be a really healthy beverage clearly you don't want to be drinking 20 cups a day Mm -hmm. but it is full of all kinds of antioxidants and vitamins and minerals and that kind of stuff um it's a natural beverage not unlike tea and that kind of thing and the processing um of the beans plays a lot into the healthfulness of the finished product. It's like any other product. So, you know, if you are drinking coffee and you uh, want it to be the healthiest option, then we'll talk a little bit later about how to get some good quality coffee that will make your coffee even healthier. But yeah, so let's talk about some of the health benefits. It's got lots of B vitamins in it, magnesium, potassium. Um, Delicious, delicious, good for you. Um, There also have been a lot of studies that link coffee drinkers and these studies um the problem i think with a lot of the negatives that have been pushed on coffee have to do with some older studies that were done and they didn't weed out all of the people who also smoked and drank heavily Mm. which um a greater majority of people who drink coffee also smoke and drink so that's interesting um, it has a tendency to skew the numbers in studies to make it look like it's coffee drinkers when in actuality it's some of the other habits that they have. Mm-hmm. So um, I can put a, I'll try to remember to put a link to this. Uh, there's this one uh, website I found and they list a lot of the studies and a lot of the more, the ones that were done where they take out all of those people who also smoke and drink out of the studies mm-hmm. and then compare them to non-coffee drinkers. So they kind of took out the lower common denominator, so to speak, or the people that could skew. Well, it's a more controlled study. Exactly. And in these studies, they have uh, shown that people who drink coffee have a 20 to 50% lower risk of getting diabetes. Um, They also show that coffee drinkers have up to a 65% lower risk of getting Alzheimer's. Um, Coffee drinkers also have a 30 to 60% 
lower risk of developing Parkinson's disease, which that's the one you hear most about. I think it's the most commonly known and talked about benefit of drinking coffee. Hmm. Um, it also decreases your risk of a, a few different kinds of cancers, particularly liver cancer, and it helps your liver deal with other things, um, which is probably good if you're a drinker. <laughs> to drink coffee because it helps your liver with you know like fatty liver disease it helps your liver mm. kind of process all that stuff a little better than without drinking coffee um let me think what else are some of the benefits of coffee it's full of antioxidants um it's good for your heart we figured out that people who drink coffee actually have a lower risk of heart disease mm. um and heart failure so who yeah. knew also a lower risk of depression in some cases. So yeah. Interesting. So not only are we enjoying it, but we're getting all these wonderful health benefits. Yep. So the next thing we want to do is talk about how to get kind of the best cup of coffee. And again, it's one of those things that even if, you don't want to spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. Isn't it still, if you do drink coffee, um, isn't it worth it to have the best cup of coffee that you can mm -hmm. uh, in the morning or, or in the afternoon or both? Um, and that's like anything else. I think that if you, particularly if you're one of those people that likes to drink a lot of coffee during the day, maybe trying to make one cup of coffee better mm -hmm. um, is going to satisfy that coffee craving that you have it's like eating chocolate you know eating a piece of really good dark chocolate as opposed to a whole candy bar of hershey's milk chocolate yeah which has down no chocolate, chocolate in it <laughs> <laughs> um chocolate like product it's like Velveeta. yeah a, a cheese a ch cheese product cheese it product can't even be called yes. cheese. uh the first thing that you need obviously to have a good cup of coffee is good beans um if you're drinking folgers stop Friends don't let just friends turn drink off the folders. Yeah, and... just, yes, go away. Go, <laughs> go do something else. Um, what kind of coffee do you think Nebraska Dave drinks? I don't know. Chock full of nuts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if he does, Dave, if you do, please don't tell us because I, I, I think very highly of you. Um, Maybe we should send Dave some coffee. <laughs> Maybe we will. Dave, email us your address. We're going to send Dave some coffee. Yeah. Um, the first thing you need to do is get some good beans. Beans are really, really interesting because there are, even when you go into, say, a Starbucks, um, and oh, for the love of all that is good and don't great, buy your don't it's buy your coffee at Starbucks. Um, but even when you go into a, a coffee shop, we'll say we won't use names, um, when you go into a coffee shop, typically they have four or five different kinds of beans so you know you'll you always have your breakfast blend mm -hmm. which is kind of a lighter you know tamer uh blend you have your french roast which is you know for the adventurous um there's uh Usually, you know, a decaf of some sort. Um, and then they have, you know, they some sort of some an exotic, sort of, yes, like, like an Sumatran or, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, some other one that has fruit flavor added to it. Or their, um, their uh, specialty. Yeah, the house the blend. The specialty region. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coffee, so, know? but the my point in saying that is that um, 
and we're going to say their name a lot throughout this podcast probably, but go over, take take a few minutes and go over to sweetmarias.com. Um, this is uh, the website that we buy our green coffee beans from, but just check out the variety of beans. Um, they specialize in getting a lot of coffee beans from uh, different regions, and they do a lot of single-origin beans where they get it from one particular farm that uh, grows in a particular region of a country. And so, and then they talk about the characteristics of those beans, um, the different flavor profiles at different roasts and so on. And it's just amazing the, the hundreds of different mm-hmm. beans that are out there and the different flavors that they have. And when roasted at different levels, um, the the different tastes that come out and so on. And to be honest, you know, I do not have an extremely refined palate. Susie's palate is definitely better than mine is. Um, but, you know, you talk to some people like with wine and with even with beer and uh, different foods and, and they're like, oh, you know, I can uh, hints of rosemary and juniper. And, you know, I'm really not to that point with my palate. My palate, I just don't think I have it. Um, <laughs> but I can definitely tell the differences between certain coffees when drinking them. Um, as Susie mentioned earlier, really the two main differences, I think, between coffees are either um, a bright coffee or a, a full-bodied coffee. Um, a bright coffee is like an acidic coffee. So, um, And if you can find someone who knows about coffee mm-hmm. and will brew you a bright and a full-bodied so that you can try them both at the same time. When we say bright and you drink a bright cup of coffee, it makes complete sense to you why it is labeled as bright because that's exactly how you would describe it. Um, And the same with like a full-bodied. So bright just isn't my thing because it's like, I don't know. It's just too much for me, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. I prefer a more... I feel like full-bodied coffees are a lot more reserved and kind of complex and understated where the bright ones are kind of like smack you in the <laughs> roof of your mouth when you drink it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, if you can find someone that does that or if you can buy beans that are described as bright, particularly if you can find, like, a small local roaster mm-hmm. um, to chat with and get a couple different kinds, brew up a couple different cups and taste them and see, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can taste the difference between them. Um, And it's kind of an interesting thing to do because it really does. I mean, the, the, the soil that the coffee is grown in, um, where they're grown in the world, all that stuff really plays into the flavors. And it's really neat to kind of be able to, to taste that. Mm Mm-hmm. To experience those um, yeah, different things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might as well. It's We live in a great time where we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the good things about roasting your own is it's very inexpensive to do it. Yeah. I was uh, I ordered some beans for us actually right before the podcast. And uh, they had, Sweet Maria's had a couple different kinds of uh, beans that I've been looking at for a while. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get a pound of each of those just to try them out and see... Um, 
they're all good for espressos that a little bit darker roasts and single origin espressos. And so, um, yeah, it's just neat to be able to, to try those different things. And another, another way to try these would be, um, if there, if you do have a local coffee shop that you, uh, go to every once in a while, ask them if they ever do coffee tastings, which coffee tastings are a little weird, um, because it's not, it's kind of like wine tasting, you know, when do we start to drink the wine? Um, (laughs) with, uh, with the coffee tasting, uh yeah it's strange i won't describe it you can look up coffee tasting videos on youtube and that will describe it a lot better than i has a bunch they do Um, tons of videos and information if you really want to learn more about it in fact sweet marie's is just a wealth of information yeah they do live webcasts sometimes where Mm -hmm. they're you know they're roasters will and they know their tastings i mean oh yeah they buy these beans and they roast them at all of the different roasting levels and figure out which one is best Mm -hmm. um and even so. with their blends. Um, so really finding a, a coffee that you like um, is is part of the fun of, mm-hmm. of doing this. It's all part of the experience. And then uh, the next thing to do with your beans is uh, buying beans in small batches. Like Susie said, if you can find a local roaster who will roast for you. Um, and we're talking about buying roasted beans in small batches. Right. Um, then. Because they have a shelf life. It's like, it's almost like buying um, lemons or any other kind of fresh product. Mm-hmm. They don't keep indefinitely. And one of the reasons that coffee that you have at um, some coffee shops. Yeah. You know, coffee shops are unfortunately many of them are really bad and do a disservice to coffee but then there are some that are really fantastic but one of the main reasons is because they're not using a good quality of fresh of beans that are at the peak yeah of their flavor yep yeah most beans when you uh roast them there's a rest period that they need um typically that's 36 to 72 hours depending on the bean and then they're really kind of for the next, you know, couple days, they're really hitting their peak of flavor. And then after that, the flavor starts to decline as, you know, more, and and there's ways that you can prevent that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a, uh, a peak of flavor. And so if you buy, if you buy just throughout that as well, because we drink it, we typically Brian roasts whatever we drink in like three weeks, Mm -hmm. two and a half weeks or so. And throughout the course of that time, the coffee tastes a little bit different and it kind of goes through almost like a bell curve as Mm -hmm. far as, um, flavors go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of bright in the beginning. It sort of mellows out and gets mm-hmm. really chocolatey in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it just kind of starts to It tapers lose. off a little and just loses some of the intensity of yeah, the flavor. Yeah. Um, so when you, if you were to go out and if you don't drink that much coffee and you go out and buy, you know, two pounds of roasted coffee, really by the time you get to the, that last half a pound, it, it's not going to be great. Um, so being able to buy it in small batches, depending, and really this just depends on how much you drink, um, you know, a pound of wheat a week would be perfect. Um, but use up your beans. Don't let them sit around. If you have beans that you've had for more than two months that are roasted, just get rid of them. I mean, it's not even worth it to drink them. Grind them up, throw them out in the garden, throw them in your compost pile. Just, ugh. Um, I can even tell, and I'll talk about this a little bit, uh, later. Well, uh, 
when I talk about grinders, but I can even tell we, we have a grinder that we grind our beans directly into uh, the portafilter for our espresso machine. And if, uh, you know, I, I fill it up and then I scrape off the top to level it all out and there's little beans left over. And I can even tell that the beans or that the, the grounds brew differently um, if I use what's left over uh, that I ground in the morning uh, three hours later or four hours later for our afternoon coffee. Mm-hmm. It just brews differently. Um, so, you know, if there's that much difference, then obviously the taste is going to be different as well. So use up your beans. Don't let them sit around if they are roasted. Um Store them in an airtight container. Uh, And if you do buy a pound of beans at a time, um, then put those in an airtight container, but also put, you know, what you need for one or two days uh, in a smaller airtight container. Um, Air is the enemy of coffee. Uh, It's like your, it's like anything else. Consider it like lettuce or some sort of produce. If you cut or cut an apple, if you cut an apple in half, the air turns it brown that's the same same thing that happens to coffee is it starts to oxidize the oils and uh that kind of stuff so right it's very similar and it does have oils in it so it can become rancid Mm -hmm. and you know all the things go along with that so store them in an airtight container um a lot of people ask me if i put mine in the freezer i don't um in fact i've heard that that can be detrimental if you don't have them in an airtight container some Mm -hmm. people will just take the bag that they get from the store super dry i mean the freezer is really particularly frost free -free right Yep. And the frost-free freezer fluctuates in temperature to keep it frost-free and then it can absorb if it's not in a if it's in like plastic or mm-hmm. paper it or can absorb flavors bag from, the, store, from yep. the from other things in the freezer. We really like to keep ours. We have a couple of the Le Parfait uh wire and bale Mm-hmm. They're like European with the rubber canning seal jars with the, the rubber gasket and the you know the the wire bale closure. Those are, those are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And and we gave one to our neighbor because we've been giving her coffee and giving her things to make her coffee experience better. Yeah. <laughs> and she because she used to grind a bunch, so we gave her a little jar so she could just grind up, uh, you know, like that days or something and put it in. And she said, "Oh, that makes such a big difference." After yep. we gave her the little jar. <laughs> um. So the next thing is to buy a good grinder. Uh, if you're going to the store and you know you're you're or even to a coffee shop and you're getting good beans, but you're having them ground there at the coffee shop, you're actually losing a lot of flavor mm-hmm. um, because that's exposing more of the bean to the air, obviously, and so it starts to oxidize and can you know there's not much left to oxidize when it's a very small particle. Right. Um, so. Uh, buying a good grinder is probably, if anything else, is probably the best thing that you can do to enhance your coffee experience. Um, a burr grinder is the best. There are different kinds of grinders. The one with the little blade on the top that you put your beans in and yeah. it makes no, a terrible sound. Spices. Yeah, that that's not really good. It's great for coriander, not so great for coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really provide a consistent um, grain size. And so... The problem with that is that if you get a bunch of uh, grounds that are big and close together, whenever, no matter what brewing process you use, except for French press, um, but even then, uh, it's... You're not getting the most out of your coffee either. Right. But it's going to, with espresso, and the reason I say this really is my experience with espresso machines, if you get a, uh, a little 
pocket of large grounds. The water is going to press through those faster than it will through the surrounding grounds. So you're going to uh, miss a lot of the flavor in the surrounding grounds because it's going to be shooting through that hole with all these Mm -hmm. big chunks in there. Um, Hopefully that makes sense the way I'm explaining it. But even with... uh, So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and say that you use a French press machine. You actually need a really large uh, grind for a French press machine because of the style of filter that it uses. Um, And if you use one of those blade grinders and it doesn't have a consistent ground size, you're going to get a lot of um, dust and then you're going to get a lot of large grounds. Mm -hmm. And the large is what you want for a French press. So when you press that down, all of that dust that's created, you know, by the, the grounds that get really beat up, uh, all that's going to come out in your coffee when you pour it into your cup, and that's not going to be a good experience either. Um, so getting a burr grinder is the the the, the best type. Um, it'll give you a uniform size, and therefore, you know, your experience is going to be better. And you can really dial it to the different type of machine uh, that you're using to brew your coffee. Um, and they need not be expensive. I mean, you can get a decent electric one for, I don't know, 70 bucks probably. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'll mention Red Rooster Trading Company has a hand crank one, a hand mm-hmm. crank burr grinder that's phenomenal. I mean, it produces, it has a really great grinding mechanism. I think it's like $50. They, it's made here in the USA. Um, we have it and we use it when there is an electric and when we um, travel. We don't use it for our espresso because we'd have to. It takes a long time to grind the amount of mm-hmm. espresso that we need to grind for um, three shots each in the morning. Yeah. But if you're just drinking a cup or two of brewed coffee, it would be super quick to grind it up. The uh, the other tip, as far as the grinder is concerned, is to only grind what you use. And as I said earlier. Um, even the the leftover that I have ground from the morning, um, in the afternoon it'll brew differently in our machine. So if that's the case, then you know obviously you shouldn't be grinding a week's worth of coffee and letting it sit around and oxidize and lose all that flavor. Um, so only grind what you're going to use for that day. Now the nice thing about most grinders is that uh, the the container that the beans set in are they're fairly airtight. Um, so you can put, you know, two or three days worth of beans in the top there and then mm-hmm. keep the rest in your airtight container. Um, and then, you know, those beans will be, will be good, good to use. So, uh, so get yourself a good grinder. That's really going to be the, um, the biggest sort of upgrade to, mm-hmm. to your coffee experience. It's a good place to spend your money. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the different type of espresso or uh, the different type of coffee makers. So I won't go over that again. Um, but really experiment with this and borrow, you know, ask your friends, ask your friends what they use and, you know, invite yourself over for coffee um, or borrow their machines. If they have a, a French press and you have a Chemex, you know, ask them, say, hey, you want to trade for a week and so we can experiment with these different kinds. Or if you know somebody that has um, a decent espresso machine, then, like I said, invite yourself over. Uh, bring it up in the conversation. Say, hey, you know, I'd really, I'd, I'd like to try some of that espresso sometime. sometime. And usually if somebody is a, a coffee enthusiast, they'll They're, be more than happy yeah. to make it for you. Um, I love making coffee for different people. Um, 
So along with your machine, though, I will mention that you do need to keep your machine clean. Um, I've seen some, you know, drip machines and... Oh, my uh, goodness. That I don't think my dad ever cleans out his <laughs> drip machine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's got a nice patina, that's for sure. Um, but you really need to keep your machine clean, no matter what it is, especially if, though if it's an espresso machine, um, because it has a lot of moving parts and a lot of... Uh, it just makes sense because it's going to make it last longer. It's going to make your coffee better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and again, just, if you're, you know, if your goal is to get all of those oils and oils can yeah. become rancid, um, you know, the best taste is going to come from having uh, something that's clean. It's no different than anything else. Yeah. I mean, you wash out your pots and pans in between right. making things. You know, you should be cleaning your coffee maker. Mm-hmm. At least once a month, if you're depending on the amount of coffee you make and the kind of machine you have. Now, like a Chemex, you know, super easy to wash out. You know, it's yeah. easy to clean, um, as opposed to one of the other, like a drip machine. If you have it, that you can run some vinegar through and. But yeah, yeah. So I'll trust you. Come I'll, on, clean I'll, that machine. Yeah, clean that machine. I'll trust you to uh, to research your own machine and with. With certain types of machines, with espresso machines, uh, sometimes there are some special instructions that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, our espresso machine, for instance, has a uh, a water filter on the end of it um, where the water intake is, so that needs to be changed and refreshed. Um, the uh, there's uh, a certain type of portafilter that goes in the bottom that uh, allows it to back flush. So, you know, just read your instructions when you get your machine and it'll it'll tell you what you need to do to clean it out. And if it doesn't, go on Google because I'm sure somebody has... Right. There are tons of coffee forums where people get into all of this stuff and, you yep. know, it seems like enthusiasts have owned pretty much every single machine and love to talk about it, so... Yep. Um... And at its simplest, if you have a little drip machine, mix a tablespoon or two of vinegar in with a carafe of water and run it through there once and then run some a thing of plain water through the next time and it's going to clean out some of the... The gunk. The nasties. Yes. Um, the next thing is using filtered water. Um, obviously, if you're in a a city, uh, if when you take a shower, it smells like you're swimming in a swimming pool, uh, all that yeah. chlorine and all of those chemicals that are being put into the water treatment facility are going to go through your coffee. And that is definitely going to influence the taste of your coffee. Um, we noticed this when we go back to visit Susie's mom, uh, mm-hmm. cause they're on city water and you know, you can just taste it in the water. Um, so Using filtered water is a great idea, and we've talked about the Berkey water filter that we have before. Um, it's great, makes awesome water. Right. And or if anything, the majority of refrigerators now that have the water dispenser things have filters in them. Mm-hmm. Make sure you change that regularly and get the water out of your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, it may seem counterproductive since it's cold, but it's filtered. So right. it's a good way to do it if you don't want to invest in another filter. I mean, if anything, get one of those Brita pitchers or something, and that at least takes some of the stuff out mm-hmm. um, to produce a cleaner tasting cup of coffee. Um, 
But as we talked about in our Building Resiliency podcast, it's good to have a water filter on hand because then you can use it in the boil alert times and if there are ever any issues um, with your water. Yep. So might as well buy it under the guise of being prepared and then you can use it to have good coffee. <laughs> Uh, the, the last thing I'll say is to drink your coffee after brewing it. Um, don't brew 10 cups of coffee and have it throughout the day. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's in the office and you've got a coffee maker in your, your office or at home, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and maybe brew twice. Um, <laughs> yeah. because again, coffee you know, when it's in its liquid form as well, it still oxidizes, it still changes as it sits there. And especially if you have like a drip machine um, that is that has a burner on mm-hmm. it and it's just keeping it warm, that's obviously going to um, evaporate, evaporate some of the water, some of the water and... which is going to concentrate the flavor, but it's also going to burn it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just... If you're going to brew it, brew it and then drink it. Um, so the the next step, so those are all of our kind of tips for, for having a better cup of coffee. Um, if you want to take your coffee geekery to the next level, which I would recommend, mm-hmm. um, then you should roast your own beans. Uh, and this helps out with pretty much everything we just mentioned because you can find a bean that you really like, and it's a lot easier to experiment with these single-origin beans and different things um, if you do roast your own, because then you can get 10 mm-hmm. different kinds of beans and have a different one you know, every week or every month and see which kind you like. Uh, plus, you can try them at different roasting levels. Um, even when you find a local roaster, a lot of times it's uh, hard for them to do very, very small batches on a um, on an economical scale. So you might get charged more. Where if you do roast your own, getting buying green beans from a place like Sweet Maria's or uh, there's another great company called Dean's Beans, um, and we'll put links to those in the show notes. Buying uh, green beans from them, you can get beans at a really, really good price and actually mm-hmm. save yourself a, a good amount of money even when you figure in the cost of the roaster. Um, but this also helps with the freshness of your beans because, you know, if you want to, you can roast once a week. Um, or as Susie mentioned, I roast for us about every two and a half weeks. Um, and I found that that's about the maximum that we can go um, until the coffee really starts losing a lot of flavor. Um, So in order to make it the most efficient, you know, I try to do the maximum we can. Um, And I do, I try to do it on a, a a rotation. So we have um, three of those jars that we use, the airtight jars. And I try to roast when we have used two of them because then as the coffee rests for its 72 hours, uh, we're using that third jar. And then by the time we get, you know, through the third jar, the, the coffee was roasted, you know, two to three days ago and, or uh, three to four days ago. And then we're, you know, on to the next. So it, it works out in a, a good cycle. Um, the good thing about green beans too, is that they store 
perfectly fine for up to a year. So you can buy, like Sweet Maria's has a deal where you can buy up to 20 pounds of coffee um, and you get $8.99 uh, $8, $8. shipping for 20 pounds of coffee, mm-hmm. um, which is a great deal, especially mm-hmm. because the green beans range anywhere from, say, $5 up to maybe $8 for their, you know, I mean, you can get obviously more expensive with like Jamaican right. Blue Mountain and really, really special coffees. Um, but, you know, $5 for a pound of coffee and it'll keep for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's great. And these are your good uh, fair trade yeah, single, coffees, yeah. single origin, not necessarily always certified organic, but uh, the benefit mm-hmm. of buying from a smaller company like Sweet Maria's is they go visit these farms and making sure make sure they're not doing um, crazy things and yeah. spraying all kinds of chemicals. Um, yeah, Sweet Maria's kind of has very good relate and, and Dean's Beans mm-hmm. um, both have very good relationships with their coffee growers. They go and visit them. They make recommendations on right. how they can they try to help better grow and better process farmers yep. so that they can produce a better quality coffee. You know, yeah. to sell and get paid more with yep. the whole fair trade thing. Yep. Um, so yeah, they're really just good companies and produce great products. I mean, we just absolutely love their beans. Um, it also, uh, as I mentioned, you can really fine-tune uh, the way you like your coffee, but it also helps you appreciate um, sort of the whole process. It's like we talk about just sort of being more mindful about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I really enjoy roasting our coffee um, because it it allows you to be involved in the whole process. You know, you get the green beans and um, being able to to take them and, and turn them into something and then, you know, grind them and then produce this cup of coffee and then enjoy it. It's just being involved in the whole process. And roasting is not that hard. Um, we played, and I meant to pull the sound clips before the show tonight, and I didn't. Uh, but if you go back and listen to uh, Sounds of the Run podcast, you'll hear uh, the two different sounds that you hear when you're roasting coffee. Um, it's super simple, and there's tons of information on the internet. In fact, Sweet Maria's has some really great information on roasting your own. Um, you can do it with a uh, an air pop popcorn mm-hmm. machine. And we have friends. We have a good number of friends that do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the bad thing about that is you can only do very, very small batches, like four ounces at a time. Right. But, you know, that's a good amount to get you through a couple days. Um, and that's also a good way to play around with it and see yeah. if you like it and see if you enjoy the hobby um, uh, and that kind of thing. Yeah. You can also do it. Uh, I've heard. Now, I've never tried this, but I've, I've, I know of people who have tried it. Uh, you can roast them in a cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is it's going to be a very uneven roast. And they smoke a And they bit. smoke a lot. So if you're going to try that, do it outside if possible. Um, I know people that do it in their oven mm-hmm. um, as well, which, yeah, you want to have a good exhaust, your exhaust fan on yep. for that. Um, we bought a small roaster from a uh, company in the United States. It's a, this guy makes these machines and they're not pretty. Uh, They're not much to look at, but uh, they work really well. We've been using ours for six years now. I don't know. Seven years. I don't know. It's been quite a while. Um, I'm trying to think. I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. You, you find that. Um, but a drum roaster is 
about the best kind. Uh, or it was in 2011. Really? Yep. That's when I wrote the podcast or the blog post about it. It seems like it's been longer than that. But it was earlier in the year that we did it. Yeah. It seems like it's been longer than that. But anyway, um, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it was 2010. I don't know. We have a drum roaster, and a drum roaster is just what it. it it's almost think of it like a. Uh, like a, a uh, clothes dryer. Um, it has a drum that rotates around, which then moves the beans around, and, and so you get a really even roast. So it kind of makes it foolproof. I know with the um, with the air pop popcorn uh, roasting method and with the uh, using a cast iron skillet, um, there's a lot more finesse that needs to take place. With the drum roaster, it's pretty much brain dead simple i mean you put the beans in there you turn it on you let it go and you listen um and like i said the the uh, sounds of the run podcast has the two different cracks that happen um and sweet marius has a lot of information on this too first crack sounds like uh popcorn and second crack sounds like rice krispies Mm -hmm. and depending on the level of roast that you're going for you want to listen for those level those cracks uh, when first crack happens, and then you can count so many seconds. And uh, and again, you really can play with that. Play with the amount of time that roasts uh, that you roast, and and it makes the beans taste different. It's just it's really interesting for us. Um, Typically, we buy Sweet Maria's uh, Monkey Blend, which is their espresso blend, um, and I like to do kind of a full city plus um, Vienna roast about 25 to 30 seconds into second crack. Um, once second crack really ramps up, once once I can count, um, when second crack starts and the Rice Krispies start popping, mm-hmm. uh, when I can count to four seconds um, and there's two cracks in a row, uh, I know that, you know, it wasn't just a, a, a random rogue second crack that happened a little early, one bean that got a little excited. Um, so I count about 25 seconds into second crack when, when the Rice Krispies really start popping and then pull them out and then cool them down as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, roasting your own beans, super, super simple. Mm-hmm. You will save money. Um, we have already made the money back that we paid for our roaster, and uh, which we figured would take us about two years at the amount of coffee mm-hmm. that we drink um, and at the price that you can buy green beans for. We figured it would take us about two yeah. years to recoup the cost, and we've had it for uh, three years now at least. I think maybe a maybe little bit four. longer even. And um, the nice thing is, too, is it's a great gift to give to people. Yes. Because you can get the beans inexpensively. Now you spend your time roasting them, um, which isn't worthless. But people are usually over the moon about getting freshly roasted coffee beans so you can save some money by doing your own home roasting for gifting uh as well which is kind of nice yep yeah and roasting just you know Susie mentioned the time there and i should mention because it's a question that oft comes up Mm -hmm. um how long does it take to roast a pound of beans with our roaster and it will vary depending on the type of machine that you have um with our temperature right yep with our roaster it takes about 20 to 25 minutes depending on the ambient temperature um but usually and i've you know done it for long enough now that i know about how long it's going to take usually i'll go out in the garage and i do it outside um but i'll go out in the garage and you know piddle around and 
clean up or sweep or, you know, Mm -hmm. do something out there while the coffee's roasting. So I'm not just sitting there kind of watching through the window waiting for it to to go. Um, But I know, I also know the signs of when it's, you know, getting towards the time that I need to start paying attention. Because once you get to the the roasted stage of coffee, it goes from roasted to charcoal in a short amount of time. So you do need to... It's like making caramel. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like making candy, like making maple syrup. Or making like a hard candy. It can be, it goes from hard tech to... It goes from perfect to... Burnt sugar yeah. <laughs> right quick. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely something you need to, to pay attention to. Um, I'm not going to say much more about it just because I don't want to uh, ramble on. There is so much information on the internet um, that is is really great. And we're going to... I'll put a couple links to... Um, to two forums that I go to frequently. And even if you do just a search on um, uh, coffee making books on Amazon, there are some really good ones with lots of great reviews, um, uh, depending on what type of coffee you want to make. Because typically the espresso, the books about espresso are focused on espresso. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the and then there are some sort of general books, and then there's books about coffee and tea. So uh, check those out. Read the read the descriptions on Amazon and or the uh, reviews, and uh, and get some books on it from either the library or from Amazon. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's coffee. That's that's a lot about coffee. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. Again, we you know we just really enjoy it and. Um, you know, enjoy it every morning. Susie looks forward to it every morning. That's just kind of how we start our day. It's not one of those things that we're like, you know, the cartoon strips that you see that, or the comic strip you see that, you know, oh, I can't function until I have my <laughs> coffee. It's just, it's something to look forward to in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get up and to make the coffee. And again, when you grind those beans and they're fresh beans and, you know, the smell just uh, mm-hmm. is amazing. And, um, yeah, it's just, we really enjoy it. So It's a great way to start the day. It is. Um, so from a great way to start the day, from a, from a good morning to uh, a good evening. Um, so we started the podcast a long time ago. I was looking back. Um, I think it's been almost a year and a half uh, since we started the podcast. And we're at episode 67 now. And we've been saying for a while, too, that um, that we're kind of running out of topics to talk about. And we've had a few recommendations. But when we did start the podcast, we really wanted to convey information on Living Simply and, you know, a little bit more about our lifestyle and um, sort of an introduction to us. And I think we've done that. I think we've accomplished that. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also talked about a lot of topics that we care about um, and a lot of topics that, you know, people have asked us about or that Mm -hmm. people have wanted to know more about. But I think we've, uh, I think we've kind of run the course. I think we've, uh, I think we've done it. We've accomplished the goal. And so lately it's been difficult for us to come up with topics and, um, and when that happens, it, it's it's hard to sit down on a Sunday night and to talk about something when um, when you don't know when you really don't have anything to say 
mm-hmm. um, is I guess the easiest way to put it. And so um, we have decided that we are going to uh, stop doing the podcast. I know, big shocker. Uh, quite a way to to end this one. So this is kind of a kind of a goodbye. We're not saying that it's going away for forever, but it's definitely going away for quite a while. Um, with the growing season coming up, and also with other changes that I'm sure will be discussed on the blog, we've talked about you know big decisions and those types of things. Um, we're we're going to to take some time off. Take a sabbatical. Um, take a sabbatical. Um, so I know that comes as kind of a, a big shock and a big announcement. And we just want to say thank you. Um, a huge thank you to every single one of you who listened to this. Because really, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just us rambling on. And uh, and we hope that you did find some value in it while we were doing it. Um, and I know a lot of you did because of the comments that you make, the emails that we receive, um, uh, the reviews that we got on iTunes, and, you know, the people that support us financially. Uh, we've had a lot of people that have decided to make donations to the podcast and to the blog um, to help out with the hosting bills and, and the hosting for the podcast episodes themselves. Um, and so we want to thank you guys from the bottom of our heart because it means so much to us um, that you guys, you know, for those of you that make comments and for those of you that support us financially, it just, it means a lot to us that you, that you interact with us and, um, that it's worth your time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same way, you know, we want to give you something valuable every week. And if in some way we don't feel like we're doing that anymore. So that's, that's the announcement. Um, and what I'm going to do, because I know some of you are going to hear this before you actually read this. I'm going to, I am going to send an email out to all of the people that do support us financially, because I know some of them started supporting us, you know, because of the podcast. And mm-hmm. I just want to kind of explain to them why and, um, and extend our thanks to them once again, because we do really appreciate it. Um, and we hope that you'll continue to support us. Um, and for those of you that haven't in the past, we hope that you will, uh, because obviously the blog is going to continue, um, and we've got some some ideas that we'd like to to do for the blog. Um, so you know the information will continue to go there, and a lot of the ideas. You know, I made a comment before we started recording tonight that a a lot of the ideas that people are giving us for podcasts could actually better, I think, be handled through blog posts um, because more information could be, you know more links and that type of thing where um, you can go out and kind of find the information uh, afterwards. I think it could better be handled through through blog posts. So so thank you guys uh, so much. We're, we're going to leave these episodes up on the blog. Um, we're going to put them in kind of an archive form, uh, but, um, but they'll still be there. Go back and listen again. Uh, it's been 67 episodes and most of the shows are, uh, well over an hour. So, you know, you're, we're probably getting close to a hundred hours worth of audio that we've recorded. Um, geez. So yeah, go back. If you, if you get a hankering for the dulcet tones of Brian and Susie, then, uh, you can go back and, and listen to old episodes. Um, because most of them are, are pretty evergreen. None, none of them really are um, sort of locked in or, or uh, time sensitive. So, so that's it.
Goodbye. I'd rather be a farmer I'd rather work the land I'd rather see the mountain sides I'd rather see your hand I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend I'd rather do some thinking now Somehow it all depends If I could fly away from me To ride this wind above the see my hometown I'd rather hold my wife I'd rather never question things That's the story of my life I'd rather not be crying I'd rather just be whole rather brave the cleansing fire I'd rather feed my soul If I could fly away from me To ride this wind above the tree I'm crying out to you I'm ready to be finished here I'm ready for this season to If I could fly away from me To ride this wind above the trees And 
to find.